Welcome, everybody, back to the Thrive Circles podcast. I'm your co-host, Chris Angel, and we're here with our host, Tara Weir. Hi, Tara. Hello, Chris. Good afternoon. Hello, hello. I'm excited to talk today about the uh, transformation from our inner protectors to our true self. I always love the conversation of true self, and I can't wait to see what um, what you have in this conversation. <laughs> yes. Well, I have a mentor who... Um, transformed, well, adapted, I think it's transformational, but she adapted some of the work by Hal and Sidra Stone on the um, voice dialogue process. So mm. there's a, they have a book called Embracing Ourselves, so our parts of ourselves. Um, and my friend and mentor took this work and really applied it in a way that allows me to access it and to allows, allows others to access it in a, in a, I think in a more effective way. So the process of transforming from the protectors to the true self is really about developing self-awareness mm. on the inner conversation that we have going on. Mm. Um, and most of the time we, well, we, from very young, we develop these protector parts of ourselves to keep ourselves safe. It's kind of like a false way of saying, I'm safe, I'm secure. Yeah. And as I tell you about the protectors, it'll, it'll make more sense. But that's ultimately why we develop the protectors is to, is to, we're trying to get our needs met. As a yep. little person, we're trying mm-hmm. to get our needs met. And we develop these protectors to try to get our needs met. Well, it doesn't really work. Um, it certainly doesn't work in a true self, authentic, transformational yeah. way. I would so. imagine too, they have some limitations, like they work to a point, but then they really become a ceiling of achievement. Like you really can't get past what the protectors have in place to keep you safe. Yes, exactly. And 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 the reality is that we're not trying to abolish the protectors. We're mm-hmm. trying to understand them, acknowledge them and yeah. make choices about them. Um, it, and so it's more of an intentional awareness process, um, and that the protectors have, they were valuable when we were younger and they were valuable to keep us safe in certain, certain situations. Uh, it's just, we start to get in the habit of coming from them and that limits our peace of mind. It limits our ability to thrive. It limits I was going to say before, before you even share who the protectors are, I'm wondering, it would be interesting just uh, sharing what it looks like, like in a day in a life of someone at a job, uh, owning a business, like what is the madness that we might be experiencing, even if we don't know what the protectors are? Yes. Is there anything like that? I love it. Great, 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 great (laughs) idea. So, okay. I'm, I'm in my unconscious mind and I'm waking up. And I startle awake to some degree and I'm like, oh, I gotta get going. I have a full day. I've got so much to do. So we get up. like everybody. You just said everybody. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. (laughs) Like I've, yeah, Uh nailing pretty much everybody. Because that's, that's our tendency is to wake up with this. Oh my gosh, I've got so much to do. It's a full Mm -hmm. day. I better go. So we hit the ground running. Maybe we grab some food. Maybe we don't. If we're your coffee drinker, we make sure we get our caffeine, those kinds of things. Um, But ultimately, where we're coming from, our perspective or our lens is for perfection. Mm -hmm. To say that if I'm going to do something, I have to be 
I have to be perfect. I can't fail. I can't do it wrong. I can't make a mistake. I, Mm. I'm, I'm working towards this unreachable area of perfection. So our first protector, um, is the perfectionist. So I say, okay, um, I, I really wanted to get that email sent this morning before I left, but things went hap, you know, kind of haphazard with my kids. And so I got distracted. So I wasn't able to send that email. So I kind of on the way, as I'm driving to my office and berating myself, like, mm. oh, you were going to get that email out. And it was a really important one. And you had it on your calendar. And it was the first thing that you said you were going to do today. And you didn't get it done. Um, yeah. So what the hell? You know, like you didn't get it done. So this th- this converse, this this voice mm. is going on in my head as I'm driving into the office, you know. And so I get there and I um, park and I get into the office and I'm like, I'm kind of hungry. No, get to work. So I don't stop. Right, right. <laughs> I don't grab food. I go and I get my computer plugged in and I do nose to the grindstone. Mm. And I do nose to the grindstone, rereading emails, rereading before I'm sending them, rereading emails, rereading them. I'm overthinking everything I'm doing. I'm over functioning through if I'm preparing a training, I'm like, I'm, I'm, doing it down to the iota and I'm spending way, way, way too much time in preparing. Um, but I'm focused because I can't make mistakes. I can't fail. I can't, it has to be top notch because of the perfectionist because of the perfectionist. Yeah. yeah. So the reality is nobody's perfect. And so then that voice of you screwed up, you didn't get it done. You said you were going to do it and you didn't, you know, they're expecting that and and you just disappointed Mm -hmm. them. And Mm -hmm. so there's another little voice that kicks in and that is our critic. So that's our inner critic. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm walking up the steps and my inner critic saying, you better get your butt going because you didn't get it done and you have to do this. Well, the perfectionist is saying, and don't make any mistakes. Mm -hmm. And, and the critic is saying, um, yeah, don't make any mistakes. So, I sit down at my desk and I go nose to the grindstone. And that's when my pusher, my inner pusher comes out and she's like, no, you're not stopping for food. No, you're not stopping for the restroom. You don't have time. You need to get this done. And no, you can't send it yet. You know, there's something wrong with this. You know, there's something off here. You can't, you can't send it yet. You have to keep working on it. So it's that, that, that kind of going, 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 um, do they and build, then, do they yeah. do they build on each other? It feels like one might almost give life to the other. Like if to the critic degree. and the perfectionist are chirping, uh, the the there's a lot of fuel for the the pusher to come in and be like, okay, those two are talking. We gotta go. Totally, because the perfectionist and the critic are our thoughts. Mm. There are um there are there are thoughts. There are mm. beliefs. Like I have to be perfect, and mm. you're not doing it. You're not measuring up. The the pressure is mm-hmm. our first of action. So this is how we are managing the anxiety mm-hmm. we feel of having the perfectionist set this bar and not being able to reach it. Yeah, right. The pusher says, no, you better get going because you have to reach that. You have to meet yep. the expectations that you've mm-hmm. set for yourself, which are astronomical, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then we have a controller in us too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And let's say this is this is an example. Let's say that, I'm at the, I'm at the office and I'm in the middle of writing this very, very important, long, detailed email. 
and I get a text from my child and it says, I forgot my lunch. I'm at school. Um, it's about to be lunchtime. I need my lunch. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So the inner controller, well, would be frustrated, right? But yep. the inner controller would, re- would possibly react by doing, um, all right, I will bring it this one time, but you have to figure this out from now on. Mm-hmm. So my inner controller might say that evening, listen, kid, I can't do that anymore. I was in the middle of a really important email and I dropped everything and brought you your lunch. So um, from now on in the morning, I'm going to give you a checklist and you're going to have to check everything off of that checklist before you leave the house. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, like you weren't measuring up to perfect in the middle of this email. Uh, the uh, child wasn't measuring up uh, to perfect uh, in the middle of this email. Mm-hmm. So then what happens? The controller says, and of course, the critic says, you know, if you were parenting properly, he, oh, yeah. he or she probably would not have forgotten their lunch. Hmm. You could have set it out on the counter. You had it ready. They could have made their own lunch, but instead you made it. Hmm. So that's where, like, so the critic then just shifts to the next, yep. the next area. Because the perfectionist says, no, your children are going to be able to take care of business and follow through and be responsible and not forget their lunch. And, uh-huh. Right. Right. Always something so, to criticize. Always. Yeah. And my poor children, until I realized this, my poor children got my critic, you know, and they got my controller. They got my controller saying, from now on, this is how we're going to do it. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You know, instead of helping them learn ways to problem solve it. Um, right. right. Yeah. Or not your, if not your kids, then your team, you know, Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. To lock your team down. I mean, you talk about how much Gallup has done, uh, you know, studies on workplace engagement. And how many how many people you know don't feel like they're loving work? Eighty percent of people don't feel fully engaged in work. And I just yeah. sometimes wonder how much of the culture of things is is sort of under the surface run by the perfectionist, the control, like everybody is bringing their controller, their perfectionist, their critic oh, to yeah. work. And it's everybody's right. parts that are working together. You know, it's everybody. Yes. <laughs> right. And kind of, yeah. or kind of going away from each other or fighting towards yeah. each other. And, yeah. and it's not, it's not effective because right. it causes mm-hmm. such a biological response, you know, to have this bar and then to yeah. continually try to reach it and then to have this voice that's just ripping you a new one. And mm-hmm. then the the reaction of the, the solution is to work and overwork and overfunction, overthink and lay in bed at night, wake up morning and thinking about it and thinking about it. And then yeah. we have the controller that says, boom, we're going to just lock mm-hmm. down yeah. and try to control the situation. We're going to try to control the people. We're going to try to control the outcome, um, which is, which is not effective. And then the final protector hmm. is the caretaker of others. So part of why that example of the kid saying, Hey, I forgot my lunch. I really want my lunch. I don't want the hot lunch. Yeah. Uh, the caretaker says, fine, hmm. fine. Cause I don't want to disappoint her or him. I don't want to, cause I know they don't like the hot lunches. Hmm. And I know that, that they really would prefer the, the, the fresh made lunch. Okay. So fine. So the caretaker of others is my final protector and says, I don't want to disappoint you. I want to measure up. I want, I don't want the teachers to be like, wait, this kid doesn't have a lunch. What's Mm, wrong with their mom that they don't Uh, have food at school. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. 
so instead of teaching them the responsibility of like, okay, well, why don't you talk to somebody about getting, uh, you know, I'll transfer some lunch money and maybe you can get a hot lunch this time. Well, I don't want a hot lunch. Well, then you'll remember your lunch next time, right? Like, so it's saying, I'm going to let you take care of your business and I'm going to help you learn to do that. Um, And, and I don't want to appear to be the the faulty mother and the, you know, um, you didn't make sure your child walked out of the house with her lunch. So, right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sure. The perfectionists yeah. have a heyday with that one. A heyday, a yeah. heyday. Absolutely. <laughs> so the perfectionist, I mean, that's why they kind of build on each other, but they're constantly, they, yeah. it's not linear. It's like, right. They're all yeah. present. <laughs> they're all in the room. Yeah. Yes. They yes are they're all in the room. Yeah. yeah. And just like waiting for their turn. Yeah. Right. Yes. Like, and just they're, they're, they're all... like, it's my turn. It's my turn. You know? <laughs> um, and yeah. they're talking over each other. Quit talking over each other, you know, take care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Wow. And and meanwhile, your your head is like loud and full and distracting. And my body is like tense and it's um, in go mode or it's in control mode, or maybe it's even in defend mode. You know, like it's yeah. my right. body is responding to all of these thoughts that I'm having um, and, and all of these yeah. pseudo solutions to the perfectionist and the critic of you right. know pushing and controlling and yeah. caretaking for others and meanwhile not taking care of myself you know skipping food right yeah. if i have to pee not pee you know it's like come yeah, on right, exactly. take care of yourself right exactly I, I feel like there's um everything you've described just sounds like isn't that what you're supposed to do like how else would i manage all the like you almost need these counterbalancing characters to kind of like move forward in any forward direction, you know? And so it leaves me with like, what, what's the alternative? Isn't that how it is? That's just how it is. Well, I think that that as a culture, it's sort of an acceptable way. Mm. And it's saying, well, that's what motivates me. And Mm. yes, there's a, there's a, there's a Mm -hmm. sweet spot of how much anxiety motivates us and then how much of it paralyzes us. So it's the same idea with this. It's like, Yes, the perfectionist is is such a valuable part of who I am because the work that I do, I feel proud of because it's not half-assed. It's like quality. So I appreciate my perfectionist. It's when it's creating this driver, this pusher, this controller in me that I lose my balance that causes the problem. So I guess to, to your point, it's like, they're useful because they motivate us and they get us to have high quality. They, you know, I mean, who isn't proud to be somebody that takes care of people? You know, there's definitely a part of me that's like, well, of course I'm the good mother. Of course I ran that lunchbox in, you know, like I feel good about that. It becomes the problem when we're, when it feels out of sync, like when, when, like it's all clues, all of these, Mm -hmm. well, the way I want to put it is like our bodies are feedback systems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I'm paying attention to my feedback system mm-hmm. and I'm having critical thoughts of myself or somebody else, then what's going on inside of me is tension right. and ick and yeah. negativity. So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so it's when it gets out of balance. Yeah that it becomes a problem. And, and so maybe to some degree it is, it, it is normal because we all have them within us. Yeah, It's when it goes to the 
extreme and we've lost our peace of mind, we've lost our ability to focus, we start to feel resentful, you know, like my kids just won't take care of their business. Well, because I keep bringing them their lunch, you know, like maybe once they need to just have a hot lunch or two and say, oh, I really want to bring my own lunch. Right. So it's like, we start to become a little feeling like a victim. We, we Mm -hmm. start to feel powerless. We start Mm -hmm. to feel stressed all the time. Um, and so no, that, that doesn't have to be. Yeah. 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 It feels like, um, it, to your point, like there's a, healthy relationship and an unhealthy relationship here and you how you started i mean you started off talking about self-awareness that somewhere in here is the the ability to be aware of whether it's healthy or unhealthy like i don't mind rushing my kids lunch if i have time for it but i'm definitely gonna have a conversation if it's interrupting my day and so it doesn't happen again and i can feel i can feel good about that without the perfectionist saying you were too hard on them like i i can be comfortable with the boundaries i set yes and I can also be comfortable that I drove lunch to school. I, and I can live in both without it being a reflection of uh, creating anxiety and stress on me about how I did it all. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Totally. And, and, and yes, there's a different way. There's another way because like what you just described is like, it's an unconscious process, you know, yeah. like it, it yeah. it's unconscious. And when, when we're unconscious and it's happening and it's creating all of this angst, yeah, that's good. It's it's that pause to say, okay, hold on. There's a different way. Yeah, I can show up a different way. I can teach my kids a different lesson. I can have a different kind of morning. I can, I can, I can let my body actually experience peace and calm and relaxation and excitement about creativity and pride in in contributing to the world or you know, and it doesn't have to be this like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. So is there a, uh, another, is there like a true self? Like what's the, yes. What is that piece of the puzzle here? The true self is the deep knowing it's Mm -hmm. the true self in us that it's like, when you hear people describe it as the the still small voice, you know, that Mm -hmm. little voice you hear Mm -hmm. that says it's, it's the voice that has, um, guided us in the past. And when we ignore it, we're like, Oh, I should have listened. It was in there and I didn't listen. Right. Mm -hmm. So in some ways it could be described as our intuition, but I'd love to describe them as the true self that lets us really break it down into these voices that help transform from a perfect protector voice into more of our true self or who we've come here to be like that knowing that wisdom in us. Yeah. I was going to say wisdom is sort of what I think of when I think of that, you know, there's a voice of wisdom in each of us. Yes. If we're still enough to hear it, you know? Yeah. And if, and if we're in the practice enough, because it Mm. takes courage to shift from the protectors to the true self, it takes a lot of courage. Mm. Yeah, no doubt. Especially if there are others involved, like, you know, yeah. if it's my job or my kids or what people think of me, you know, like as soon as yeah. you include others, it feels even, you know, it takes even more courage, I think. It does for sure. Yeah. So does the truth, are there ways that you found um, help or invite the true self to come into play? The pause, hmm. the power of the pause. So as soon as I notice my perfectionist, setting the standard 
and the critic yipping at me. And I noticed that I've stopped taking as good care of myself. Like I, you know, I've start, you know, I've, I've skipped my quiet time that I have in the morning and I've started to skip snacks because I'm so busy. I have to just keep focusing and not nourish myself. So as soon as I notice it, I pause and the power in the pause is beautiful. Hmm. And then in that moment, and I guess I want to say that think about it as your, your lizard brain and your logical brain. Sure. When we're in our protectors, we're coming from our lizard brain. It's mm-hmm. more of like the, how can I stay safe? How can I stay safe? How can I stay safe? Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then when we pause and we say, Hmm, I noticed that my body is a big, not ball. Right. Okay. That's mm-hmm. not cool. I don't want that. Just in the pause of noticing I've started to, help my logical brain come back on track and the lizard brain to quiet down a bit, mm-hmm. just in the noticing. Yeah. That's why it's just, they say, you know, well, the first step is to become aware of it. And it truly is because your whole biology starts to change when you become aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, so the awareness, the commitment to say, I want to be conscious and I want to be intentional and I want to come from my true self is the mm-hmm. first step. Then noticing it, being aware taking a moment to pause and to make a choice about it and then to come to the situation from a different perspective, which is the true self perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Should I tell you about that? Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, it reminds me of some, I, I had a coach who used to call it parts work and doing, which was a Carl Jung thing, but doing some journaling with the part, like having them talk to each other. Like there was a way to, and it was interesting, to, like the voice of the true self was a very distinct voice. You know, it often was, it wasn't verbose. It was very, it, you know, it just very succinct and you just could just chill. feel the wisdom. You could feel the wisdom of it. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. but yeah, but I'd love to hear the way. Yeah. The way, yeah. yeah and, and, and I think that it, it talk to my clients and you'll, you'll hear just the practice. It's just mm-hmm. a practice of. Yeah becoming aware of mm. when we're coming from the protectors and then how to shift into the, mm. the true self. So if I'm aware of my perfectionist setting the bar as no mistakes, no failures, no, you know, no mistakes in that email. If you meant to say you, if you meant to say you were and you type you, that's mm. failure, failure, mm. failure. Mm. Um, the awareness of that perfectionist is to pause and say, what's the truth here? Hmm. So it's truth and it's my truth, Hmm. right? So, okay, the truth is everybody makes mistakes. It's a very common mistake that when people type you and they mean your, they forget the R. So what? So it's not a big deal. That's the truth, right? Hmm. Um, So the question to transform with the perfectionist is, well, what's really the truth here? For the critic, to transform from the critic, the question is, what can I discern here? Mm-hmm. So it's more of a discernment. So, th- And the way that I like to describe this is um, when I work with clients on presentations, mm-hmm. people's critic is so loud when they're preparing a presentation, when they're giving a presentation, when they're getting feedback about a presentation, their critic is usually really loud. Mm-hmm. So. What I learned a long time ago from a trainer, and it was such a great lesson, 
is she would come shadow me and I would do my trainings. And then afterwards she would sit down and I'd be like, okay, I'm getting the feedback, right? I know I'm getting the feedback because you're here to coach me. <laughs> and, and, and she would immediately say, so what went well? What did you do right? And I'm like, hold on. I had 67 things to tell you all the things that I did wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very clear about what I did wrong. I don't know what went well. So mm. she started helping me create the habit of discernment from a what went well perspective and then a what would I do differently perspective. Oh, yeah, I love that. Yeah. So it's a discernment. It's, it's a looking at it from neutrality, not yeah. from like valuing, like, was I good? Was I bad? Was I right? Was I wrong? You know, did I fail? Did I succeed? It was like, yeah. it wasn't from that perspective. It's more like neutrality around, well, yeah. Okay. Everybody does something well, like you did some things well, and now let's look at what you want to do differently. So it was such a different tone. And that to me is discernment. Mm. And that's where I transform from critic. I transform into the discernment voice. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Do the others um, have a, a, a bridge? They do. They do. So the pusher transforms to steadfastness. Mm. So, and it, it, and they're all kind of interlaid with each other. So like, okay, I'm working, I'm working, I'm working. It's one 30 in the afternoon. And I'm like, okay, I'm really hungry. And the pusher's going, don't stop. You're on a, you're on a roll. Don't lose the momentum. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And my stomach's growling. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to go and I'm going to grab the sandwich that I already made and I'm going to eat it at the counter and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to get right back into it. And, and what I've read is that breaks are really important. And actually sometimes productivity spikes after somebody takes a break. Like uh -huh. this is the truth. These, this is what I know is to be true. Right. So here I'm discerning, discerning. Yep. And yep. then I say, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep moving forward one step at a time. Okay, the next step is to get lunch. Now the next step is to come back. Okay, now what's the most important thing for me to do in this moment? Is it to get back into that project or is there something else that's come in that's hotter? So it's this steadfast one step at a time. Love that, yeah. And that is a gentler way of being productive instead of having this go, 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 go. Don't let up, don't let up, don't let up, right? Yeah, um, right our bodies definitely prefer and um, that kind of, that kind of thinking instead, yeah. Yeah. that kind of action instead. Yep. Um, and then the controller transforms to empowerment. Hmm. So instead of me trying to control everything that's out there, control my children's lives, control their reactions to things, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. control my team and how they are performing instead of trying to control everything out there that is not in my control, hmm. I come back and say, what is within my empowered sphere? What's within my um, view or my sense of control and focusing on that? Because truly when a leader tries to control people's everything, yeah. it is not successful. People react to it. They don't want to be micromanaged. They, they rebel, they act out, you know, it's like mm -hmm. being in a family, they act mm -hmm. out. Yeah. So, um, so the reality is how can I empower myself mm -hmm. 
and how can I empower my people? So when I started practicing this decades ago, the practice was really with a lot with my kids in particular to say, how can I empower my kids to remember to nourish themselves throughout the day? You know, how can I empower them to set a high standard for themselves and then have compassion for the reality of their human being? And we're all on a learn or all on a learning journey. Yeah. We're all on a learning journey. So how can I have compassion for myself um, in this, in this situation? So um, empowerment instead of control is um, a more effective way. Um, And then finally, of course, caretaker of others, the one that's trying to make sure everything's okay for everybody and not wanting to disappoint anyone and wanting to make sure we measure up it's self-care. So it's saying, okay, I know my truth. I've discerned what I need to say here and I'm afraid that they're not going to want to hear it. And yet I believe that this is what I need to share. So um, I'm going to take care of myself and speak up. Hmm. It's kind of like you're asleep. Your kid falls, finally falls asleep on your arm and you're like, thank goodness they're asleep. And then your arm starts to fall asleep and then your hand starts to tingle and you're like, Oh my gosh. And I'm like, do I move my arm? I finally got them asleep. Well, yeah, I have to move my arm. It's about to fall off. So it's like, (laughs) am I going to just continue to caretake them? This is sort of kind of a dramatic example, but you know, am I going to caretake them and just let my arm die? Or am I going to take care of myself and say, I need my arm back. They're going to be fine. They're going to adjust to the pillow instead of my arm. Mm -hmm. Right. Or I'll carry them into their bed and they'll fall asleep. So it's that kind of thinking that's, Hmm. that's, that I'm, I'm important. I'm valuable. I have needs. Hmm. Um, And remember, remember all of these protectors are trying to get needs met. Yeah. We're trying to keep ourselves safe from criticism. We're trying to keep ourselves safe from disappointment or from people not liking us or for not being enough or for not doing things good enough. um, That kind of thing. Yeah. That's great. That's such a good reframe. I just, you know, the, and the awareness that you can bring to it so that in any moment you can align. I think alignment is a word that's there for me. Like how do I align to my true self and that you can do that any moment in a day is that feels empowering. That feels yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And one of my favorite books called the 15 commitments of conscious leadership. Yeah. The first commitment is taking radical responsibility. And this idea, this whole idea of being in the driver's seat of our um, response to things instead of reacting from a protective place. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I have to own it. I have to take responsibility. I have to say, I am co-creating this situation. I am not a victim here. The world is not against me. I am a creator in my own life. And it's from that perspective that I can then become aware of when my protectors are showing up and what thoughts and actions I can take that will allow me to shift into and align with the true self. Who is it? So let's say I'm I'm practicing that and I've, I'm learning how to be aware of that on my own. And then mm-hmm. I get in a work situation and I, I try it in a work situation, but then the, the thought that comes up is the, my boss isn't going to um, go for that. Like I can't, uh, you know, I, there are certain things I just have to do because of the circumstances around me. There's no co-creation here. This is, I have a job and I'm going to get fired if I don't. Right. What, what, what voice is that? Cause that feels like that's not true. 
my discernment would say that's not, it's not fully true. And I have, I always have a choice. I'm not a yes. victim here. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Who's the so voice that your own question? Because that's because <laughs> yeah. that, okay, it is, it's the truth is we always have a choice. Got it. We yeah. always, and, and that's a hard reality. That's a hard thing for people to learn. But with yeah. my clients, it's like time after time, they're like, Oh, I did really have a choice there. Mm-hmm. And, and it's owning it. It's taking responsibility. And then once we do, we have empowerment. We can make yeah. choices that can make a difference as opposed to being like, it's happening yeah, to me right. or I need to control out there to try to make it not happen to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm uh, present to the kind of communication that would start to happen in organizations if people were um, speaking from their true self and having yes. their, I think the, I think more honesty would come forward. I think fierce conversations would happen, you know, where there's mm-hmm. like, and and then I think, and that might be uncomfortable. I, those are uncomfortable for me, uh, whether it's with my family or or coworkers, whatever. But um, but I do know that it sets a precedent for the relationship moving forward. That is one that feels more empowered, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and better things get created from that space. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, when we're, you know, Brene Brown talks about coming with the authentic self. It's a similar idea in that, you know, when I'm coming from my true self and you're coming from your true self, then we're going to be more likely to create something beautiful in a much more efficient way, in a much more productive way, um, with much more creativity. So yeah, it's true. It's, it's, it definitely affects the team. And the part of why I do one-on-one so much is because one person and how they show up can change the dynamic of an entire team. And I see it over and over again. So it's like, they're not doing the work to try to get all these people to change. They're changing Mm -hmm. and people are responding differently to them because of how they're showing up differently. Yeah. Right. Gosh, I love that. Yeah. That's so powerful. Uh, Talk about thriving. I mean, wow. Yeah. 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 Can you, so connect the dots for me on um, how Thrive Circles, the community that you're creating. Um, encourages this, supports this, um, empowers this type of uh, awareness, I guess you could say. Like, yeah. What's yeah. your vision for how the circle, the Thrive Circles? Well, we're going to explore all of these together because this is really the first step of phase one, which is connecting deeply with ourselves. And body awareness to get that feedback, to really tune in. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to practice that. We're going to talk about that. We're going to reflect on that. And then um, being able to then really discern some truths for ourselves, like what's really important to me, um, what are my values, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then um, utilizing the the practicing of coming back. Okay, so as I'm sitting here in my true self, aligned with what's real for me, I can name my values. I can come from and live from my values. My values could be different than yours. Yep. Um, and then helping helping people get clarity on their vision in, in, in certain areas, you know, not vision for life, but vision for how they want to yep. focus on and come into their true selves. Um, and then, and then that was the next piece is the connecting and really deepening our relationship with other people. And so, um, practicing that within the circle yeah. is going to be 
a really powerful way that people are going to get to be able to practice it. They're going to get to feel it and see what it feels, you know, what it, when yeah. you're in it, what it feels like. Yeah. Um, and, and so we're going to be almost like this, like this practice ground for exploring these things together and changing habits because this unconscious way of reacting to things um, is learned. Yeah. Yeah. It's learned. So we're learning a new way to show up and to respond instead of react, you know, like respond. And, and this is very much also emotional intelligence work. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, a lot of that awareness of self and then being able to mat, you know, manage and navigate our own emotions yeah, and then being able to tune in and be aware of other people's emotions mm-hmm. and then being able to manage the relationship with that awareness, with the awareness of what's going on for me, what might be going on for you and managing the relationship. So it's very much also along the line of emotional intelligence. So I see the circle as the practice ground for that for us to learn with each other. I love that. Yeah. I mean, where, where in in your life do you get to practice? And I don't mean practice like role-playing, but I mean like literally like being the, the thing we say we're up to and getting to do that with others who have come with the same intention. And it's such a rich experience to be with people who are committed to the same thing. It's just, I don't know where you would get to experience that, you know, like it's not in the, it's not at the water cooler and it's usually not at home and it's, Sometimes, you know, it's like, so I just love that you're creating a space for people to have this experience. I want to create a community. You know, that's what I want to do is I want it to be a community where people can practice these things together because most of us don't have it. Right. Yeah. So good. If people want to learn more about Thrive Circles, where can they go? They can go to thrivecircles.org and there's a uh, video they can watch. They can apply to become a part of the circle um, and, and learn more about it from taking a look at what's on and listening to some of these podcasts, you can get a real idea of what, um, you know, what I'm up to and why. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So good. Well, this was, this was a great conversation. I love this so much. Can't wait to yeah, see what we do too. next time, Tara. So until then be well. All right. You too.